I thought maybe just from my side, I, I'll uh, let everybody know that um, uh, you know, obviously I've known you for a long time, actually longer than, you know, I'm, I'm imagining I've at least seen you at Spirit Word from, from around 2001, I don't know when you started going there, 2001, yeah. 2002, and, uh, but um, only, only recently, only when Anya and I moved to Kimberley, did we really uh, get into like a, like a, you know, just get our friendship, our relationship going, and yeah, since then, you've been just a, a major blessing to us. So we, we know um, Uncle Dave as, as a prophet and Auntie Albie, who's I'm imagining is also somewhere there in the background. Uh, yeah, she was but... panicking when we couldn't get going. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you guys have been a blessing to us and to our church. And uh, yeah, massive, especially for us in our personal lives. And then um, I just thought also... Uh, just to mention um, that that you pastor a church in you and well you and Sean and the family pastor a church in Strand Kingdom Light Church. Um, if you don't know where Strand is, you'll know where Cape Town is. So that's more or less where where they are and they they're doing an amazing amazing job. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Awesome. It's great. It's great to be here. And um, yeah, it, it, it was a bit nerve wracking when we couldn't hear each other. But now, because um, the technical challenges, but we, we're here with you all the way in Kimberley. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have just come out of a, a, an amazing weekend. I don't know if you want to just share something about that and what you experienced and what's happening your side. Well, we had a group here by the name of Steiger. And um, they are a missionary group that um, have Steiger teams in more than 100 cities all over the world. Their major concentration is for the group, what they call the global youth culture. And so their major um, that they concentrate on is the group between 18 and 30. Um, they believe that that is the, um, the most prevalent group that missionaries should be um, you know, concentrating on now because they are the largest group of population all throughout the world. I think they make up something like 4.9 billion people across the face of the earth, largest generational group on the earth right now. Wow. And their main thrust is to go outside the church. So... Um, they parachurch, but they definitely work with the church. They, they, they do not want to work apart from the church. They want to do things through the local church, making these teams available to them and trading your teams up to be able to go into your city and localized region and, and, and reach people on the street. They believe that especially that group are not going to automatically come to church that that for the, the those unreached unbelieving um, group of young people are anti-religion in in inverted commas. So they they when you talk to them about they say no the church is religious. Uh, they don't want to have anything to do with the church, the unsaved group of people, and so they believe we have to adopt a new strategy and take the church to them. And show them something that is real, something that is relevant, and something that really wants to show them who Jesus is in, in relational, not, not so relationship, relevance, and realness is part of the word buzzwords that we were looking at. And um, they had an intensive with us for, uh, wow, what was it, uh, a week like from early morning till, you know, afternoon. And then most of the afternoons, we actually went out to the street and, and, and ministered to people. And we had a, a, a very vast uh, group from very young. Like, I think the youngest member that went out to the street was nine and 11. 
and the oldest was probably 65, 70. So that varied group went onto the street every afternoon and we had the most amazing time, really exciting, a lot of conversions, a lot of people touched, a lot of people spoken to, and it was absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bummed I, I missed out on that one. But uh, I, I'm, I love the whole, the whole concept. It makes me think of, um, you know, like Jesus' whole idea with, uh, I don't know, we were watching this um, this series of teachings that Bill Johnson was doing about um, what the idea behind uh, the word apostle is and what be, what's behind the idea of church. Like, uh, and, and so God was, well, Jesus was all, always about getting into the city and like adding flavor to the world, um, bringing heaven's atmosphere to, uh, to, to creation. So, um, that's, that's definitely, I would, I would imagine right up the alley of, of what, what God had in mind, um, when he sent Jesus to, yeah, to bring the kingdom and yeah. So I, I think, I think we're going to see a, a large shift in the next couple of years that the Great Commission is going to be not just something we heard about, not just a, a religious concept or something that has been preached and preached again, you know, the church is supposed to go, go ye therefore, but it's going to become a practical application. Um, I know Bill uses the terminology of wherever you go, whatever you do, wherever your career takes you, when you get there, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, in whichever city you go to, that is the mission of the church. And I, I, just, I just come to the realization that if you look at, I, I mean, I backed all the way back, like, like someone backing away from a picture and into a position of, so why did Jesus actually come? You know, Jesus so loved God, so loved the world that he gave his son. What was the intent to save souls, to restore man? Um, I think Paul says somewhere, he says, Jesus came to save the sinners. He says, of who I am the chief. You know, so there is this, this intent of God to restore mankind to himself. And he did that through Christ. And Jesus came as somebody going to, you know, if I, if I look at that, the church has got to take up their mantle, as it were, as people who want to see souls saved, like never before. And what was exciting about it is the moment we took the people, people are apprehensive. People don't know what to expect when you take them to the street. People are sort of like, so what is going to be the reception of people out there? You know, am I going to face argumentative? Am I going to be rejected? And am I going to be persecuted on the street? And they are so blown away when they get to the street and find hungry, thirsty, seeking people that cannot wait to talk to them. And if you geared right, if the, if the gearing is right, it just happens automatically. The fact is that when you go, he goes with you. Holy Spirit is there immediately. You know, it's, it's like, yeah. Okay, so testimony. Um, I, the first, I was in the group that were dressed in chains. We had tape over our mouths with black um, duct tape over our mouths with freedom written on it. Um, black boards with what is your perception of freedom? Are you really free? Um, and we were like chained up and we were walking like hobbling along in these things on the beachfront at this time of the afternoon at sunset and everybody's out there strolling. And so I get these two guys up against the, the wall and I've got some of the other kids with me and I say to the guy, so what's your, what's your take on freedom? What is freedom to you? And the guy looks at me with a smile on his face. This is the first guy I walk up to. And he says to me, he says, I came out of jail three years ago. 
He said, freedom is really important to me. I, I never want to go back there. I'm like, I'm going, really? The first guy I pick on to talk about freedom is a guy that is like, you know, an ex-convict that just come out of jail that wants to be free. And he's standing there with a photographer guy. I, I don't even know if they related. I think they met each other on the beachfront, you know. So there's this group of people and we're standing talking. So I said to him, so now he probably realizes I'm from church, you know, it's like he probably realizes this is an outreach thing. So he's avoiding the question. You know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get him to talk about what freedom means to him. And he's talking, but he's not getting where I want him. So I turn around and I say to the guy, um, so if we talk about the book of John and it says, so I finally revert to the Bible, you know, I said to him, it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. He said, well, actually, I'm a Muslim. So he actually thought he bowled me. But these guys teach you how to interact with this. So I turned around and I said to him, um, so what does is, what is your Quran say about freedom? I said, you're a Muslim, but. Can, I said, I'm genuinely interested. What do you think, what does your, your, your book say about freedom? And he took a long look at me and he said, you know, to be quite honest with you, I don't really know. Wow. And, and so we chatted for a little while longer and I said, will you, you see what they teach you is you don't have to score the try every time you talk to somebody because the Bible says some planted some watered and yeah. some harvested. And so I said to him, will you do me a really big favor? And he said, what is that? I said, will you go back and try and find out what your Quran says about freedom and then come back to me when we meet again on this promenade or whatever and tell me whether you found the answer that you, that, you know, this, this question that I asked you, are you really free? Are you genuinely free? Have you truly found freedom? And we had a wonderful discussion and we parted. And he went his way and I went my way. But it had been a discussion. And this is what these guys teach you to actually go out and start the conversation. And, and, and then continue that conversation by going out there regularly and being visible. Because what happens is, and this is their testimony, People reapproach you when you go back there and you're visible and you are the light, you are the salt. People come back to you and say, hey, these are the guys we saw two weeks ago in the same place. Let's go and see what they're doing now. And that's how they're getting conversions or continuum with a group of people that they're ministering to in the streets of their city. So it was really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... I think um, I had a chat with uh, uh, someone in the mall the other day and uh, just invited them to church. And, uh, and you, they happened to be in the age gap that you just mentioned. I'm, I'm guessing they were maybe about like late 20s or something. And I invited them to church and, uh, and they, they told me, no, they know they, know they must come. So I said, uh, oh, why, why must you come? Why? I was just interested to find out like, what, you know, what, what their motivation would be to come. They said, no, the kids, the kids need it. And I just thought, yeah, I think obviously religion has a lot to do with it, you know, but uh, I think somewhat these guys, they, they, there's an indirect acknowledgement that they, they need Christ, uh, but also at the same time, they don't want religion, you know, like that, that whole double thing. And um, I, I just really believe that we have to, we have to really um, push it like never before again, get into the, get into the streets and get into the, um, yeah, like, and I think the, the words real, genuine, um, because, you know, was just listening to what you said i mean you coming to speak to someone random on the street um we assume that people would react negatively to 
to that. But most of the reaction to to the church, I'm saying most often, is is a reaction to to religion. And if you if you bring the real and the genuine, like like Christ is, like Christ was, um, the reaction will will they'll they'll realize they need it. Oh, so yeah, I love it. Can I give you two more two more testimonies quickly because it, it was yeah, really shoot. awesome. So one of the things they did, the one the one group were doing this tied up thing, you know, hands bound, feet bound, mouth gag, and and those questions. The other guys took an armchair, a really fancy lounge armchair, and put it down on the pavement. Yeah. And then they had this big board saying miracle chair. Right. And, and they were inviting people to sit in the miracle chair and receive a miracle, you know. And the guy, yeah. and the guy said, you know what? And it was the ideal opportunity to pray for people for healing and stuff. So yeah. we'd been up the beach with our group quite a way, and I came back and I didn't know what had been taking place, but the miracle chair happened to be empty when we came back. Yeah. So in my normal joking fashion, I said to the people that were manning the chair, I said, can I sit in the chair? And like, I'm part of the group that's doing the outreach, but can I sit in the chair? They said, sure, you can sit in the chair. So I like, I was joking when I went to sit in the chair and I sat down and one of the girls from the Steiger team said in very genuine fashion, so what are we praying for? And I said, I'd mm -hmm. like to, I'd like to sit in proxy for my wife and for myself around about certain stuff. And they prayed for me a genuine prayer, but I looked up over their shoulders and there was a guy in a bucky that pulled into the parking lot and he didn't even park straight in the, he was like parked skew right opposite the chair. And he was like looking at us, elderly gentleman looking at this. And apparently the team had walked around with the posters around the area of the chair and they'd seen him passing by in his bucky and they'd, They'd gone to speak to him and he was like kind of hesitant and they said to him, but if you feel you want to come back, you know, do it. And um, when I sat in the chair as like, I was prompted to go and, you know, it was like, go and sit in the chair. Maybe somebody's watching. It was the thought in my mind, you know? And when I sat down and they were praying for me and I opened my eyes, here's this guy and the bucky pulled in skew and he sat there and he, he was watching absolutely intently the next minute he gets out of the bucky when i stand up and he comes and sits in the chair so my my sitting and their laying hands on speaking was actually the catalyst to get him to come and he went and sat there and he was very very sick he had a lot of ailments a lot of problems you could see it in his face you could see it in his walk and especially a problem with his one leg. They prayed for him and he just didn't just take it for what it was. Without them saying anything, he got up and started to test it. So he walked down the road on the beachfront, testing this sore leg. And then he turned around suddenly and he went back to them and he said, you know what? The pain is gone. Mm. And for Come the on. first time, since they were dealing with him, a smile at his face, you know. Mm. So there was like this, oh man, this is this is awesome, you know. And and this was the kind of reaction we were getting. The Holy Spirit was there all the time. You know, it was like he'd just been waiting for us to actually just step out. And the power, you know, these signs will follow you. This power will be there. The, the church has so many awesome promises to go out on. It's as if God is just waiting for us to step out on that stuff and, 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 and he'll be with you, you know? So it, yeah. it was really exciting. It was really That's, awesome. One of, one of the, the key things that are, that I think are very important um, is, uh, is that this is the this is a church functioning. It's very rare that I find uh, in scriptures like one guy going, you know, like like a solo believer going into the world or by himself. Um, Jesus was quite uh, um, 
what's the word, quite clear um, about the power of two or three, you know, like going out in a, in a group of people and just something, you know, for, for people that are watching the, uh, as pastors of church, that's why I, I believe in the church. I believe in the gathering and how important it is for people to get together. But at the same time, um, when the church going out there is, is, is the corporate togetherness going out. And, and, and so often you see the power when we move in, in those groups, in those two or threes or more. And I feel, I just feel that, I don't know why I felt to say that, but I think that's, that's very important is to get into a group of like-minded people, you know, and like maybe, maybe you'll even admit, I mean, we've been in ministry for, for many years, but it always feels a little bit odd, a little bit strange to, there are moments where we are obedient in town and we, we always have our light, you know, we shine our light, mm. but there's just something about going with a group um that's what the lord wanted like two or three go out and it's just uh, yeah it's just chaos uh, holy chaos good good chaos good things that happen so yeah yeah so so good friday happened to fall at the end of the this visitation and mm. good friday was a very good example for me to see what was actually intended when they said and then come back to the building on a Sunday or a Good Friday in celebration. Wow. The group that went out came back. Remember the, the scripture where Jesus said they sent out the 70 and then mm. they returned and they, they said, returned. Even, wow. the, even the demons are subject to us in, in your name. And he yeah. said, don't be glad that the demons are so, but be glad that your book is written, your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And, and, and they came back full of joy. Mm. Well, on Good Friday morning when church hit and the people were in the church and also Sunday, there was a joy in the building that, you know, when the, when the youth group goes away on a youth camp and they come back and they're like filled mm. with power and yeah. joy and they celebrate. It was that kind of same sort of wow. atmosphere the people automatically came to the front and celebrated and joy just hit the church it was like yeah this is so awesome you know god showed up and he's he's busy and he's it was absolutely awesome yeah. it was uh you know it was explosive it was explosive man. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's awesome. I was just thinking the majority of the evangelism that takes place often in, happens inside the church. And the majority of the, of the sick that gets healed happens inside of the church. And yeah, the, the majority of the demons that get cast out <laughs> get cast out inside of the church as well. Now I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking about like, you know, imagine when the church the machine that you know obviously that it's more than a machine but if you hear when the church is really operating at its full potential um yeah. at, at everything that it is capable of um we won't be able to contain just a, a um we won't be able to accommodate everyone on a sunday you know to, but i mean i'm uh, awakening revival something that i believe most of us all crave for long for pursue for i mean that's that's what's going to happen that it's inevitable when the church is mobilized and gets into just gets into the into the city it's got a i can't see anything else happen but but revival uh, yeah. um, imagine <laughs> Imagine you coming to church on a Sunday morning. I'm thinking of your church now. Imagine yeah. that grass, you know, between the the main road and the wall. Imagine there's so little place in the church that you've got groups of five and six and seven standing all around on the grass, around the front and on the pavement, talking and being prayed for by one or two people 
having like these prayer groups all around the church because they can't fit in. So they're being ministered to on the outside. And they said, we heard about this place. We saw certain things on the street. And they said, if you want more of this, you know, go down to the synagogue, that, that, yeah. that side hall, that's where it's all happening, you know, and the guys come streaming down there because they'd heard, you know, that this is where Jesus was at. And, you know, that the miracles are taking place and you know, the, the, the roof being opened up to let the sick man through, you know, and, and those kind of crazy things. I, I believe we're heading for that kind of atmosphere right now. You know, um, it, it, it was crazy. So Sean and them, they took a group on Thursday night into the city, into the city bowl of Cape Town on a, on a, the, the Thursday night before Good Friday. So that's like a Friday night of a long weekend. They went into the city and they had drums and they had um, all kinds of music and stuff. And they went and they, and they parked out outside the clubs in Cape Town, lower city from about seven o'clock in the evening till one o'clock in the morning. And about one o'clock when they were packing up a guy who was very much inebriated and had a, a, a bit too much to drink, walked into the circle and he said to them, hey, this is cool. What's going on? There's more action out there than there is in the club. What's going on? And he looked at Sean all of a sudden. He said, hey, man, you're way too sober, you know. And Sean <laughs> said, I don't have to be drunk to enjoy life. He said, I'm, 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 I'm happy as it is. I've got the... He didn't say anything about the Lord, you know. And the yeah. guy looked at him and yeah. suddenly he came to himself and he went, he said, hey, you're a Christian. Wow. And then he looked and he said, hey, you're all Christians. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted, to, he wanted to back out of the group. And they said, hey, come here. We want to chat to you. And they ended up praying for the guy and hugging on him. But initially when they wanted to, he said, you can't pray for me. I, I, I'm, I'm not. He was a Christian that had like got cold. And he said, you can't pray for me. I'm not in the right space for you to pray for me. I'm not in the right condition. That's religion. Yeah, you know, that's religion. Yeah. And he said, you come just as you are, you know. And they mm. prayed for this guy and he ended up weeping and, you know, you know, giving his life to the Lord. And that's the thing. And that's the kind of atmosphere that these guys move in all the time, you know. And I believe it's really that time. I believe that this nameless, faceless um denominationless revival that's going to sweep the earth is going to come from an initiative that says, let's go and take the light into the darkness. Let's take the salt and let's go and do something with it. I, I really believe that after this week, it was, it was, I've always believed it, but it was put into action this week, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, and I, I also believe that, um, that gap, that you're referring to, what did you say? The 18 till 30? What was the, 18, the gap? 18 to 30, yeah. I believe that we're going to see a bunch of 18s till 30s uh, going into the world, like doing exactly. Um, often, often, I think it was Joseph Prince who, who, who said it once that um, sometimes if you'll just look at what the enemy is doing, he kind of gives away what God is setting up the world for. Uh, when, they, when, they, when the attack was on the babies um, at the time of Christ's birth, Christ was born. You know, so sometimes there is that, that worry or that concern. And, and a lot of people might be worried about that age, but I guarantee you, I mean, just this manifestation of, of that is like this weekend that you've experienced that, like an awakening is going to come from from that that area of concern, and it's actually going to the Lord is going to do something mighty and powerful um, there. And so, yeah, we see it. I I, I genuinely also believe, um, Uncle Dave, that the the whole we've we've spoken about this before, and I've also mentioned it in in I think the last podcast is that the 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 whole lockdown. Uh, from two years back did us a favor uh, 
because like just got everything to shut down and now we go into it again rediscovering these truths rediscovering the motive um and it's like everything is fresh and people are ready and people are hungry and um everything all the religious stuff had to shut down and were, were questioned and now we get to bring in the real again so yeah i'm i'm i didn't say i'm challenged i feel invited and uh, yeah, that's that's super, super exciting. I'm going to be quite honest with you. When I saw what these guys do, and 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 I realized we're going to have them and host them now on um, this week that passed, I was mm. apprehensive. I, I myself turning inwardly, at, am I ready for this? You know, uh, how's this going to work? You know. Because you don't know all these guys and you don't know what they, they're about. So I was like kind of apprehensive. And once it started and, and you were with these guys and saw what, what was and listened to the testimonies and stuff. So um, the, one, the one testimony um, that, that I saw on one of their um, clips was a young guy. They went into a part of the city where the where the drug addicts and the, you know, those type of people, this is overseas in that they're in places like in the middle of the Ukraine, in the middle of the war, they've got mm -hmm. Bible houses. They've got, they go into the underground clubs and play music and the, the lyrics yeah. that they play are in no way backing away from, you know, it's not all these guys singing about Jesus or aren't they, they are like, really mm. upfront, you know, doing what they're doing with bands and stuff. And then they make an altar call inside an underground metal industrial club in, yeah. in Berlin and a, a genuine altar call. And yeah. people come flooding to the front. I mean, these guys go for it over there, you know. And, and hey, surprise, surprise, Europe, that's supposed mm. to be dead to, to Christianity and has been riddled with religion for so long. These movements are starting up in those kind of places. Yeah. So they go, I think it was Poland. They go to this one park where it's known that the young people go there to, you know, spend time. And they had one of these street plays or something. And, and a youngster, I don't know what his age was. Let's say he was 19, came to the front and they prayed for him. He was under the influence of drugs at the time. And I've always believed you can't actually deal with somebody when they're under the influence. These guys just go for it. They pray for this guy, laid hands on him, and he thanked them and he received and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. And then they wanted to see him again because they wanted to invite him to the, what do they call it, non-religious Bible study that they have to incorporate these guys. And um, he went missing. He, he went off the grid for a while. And they were worried that he'd gone away and, you know, got back into his old ways. But he'd only been, like, saved for, like, three days when he went off the, off the reservation. Mm. He appears two weeks or something later with nine disciples. And, you know, he'd went, he went as a freshly saved person, discipled nine of his friends, you know, got them mm. saved, brought them back and said, hey, these are my, <laughs> these are the guys I've preached to. I'm bringing them back to you. And I mean, it's mm. like unheard of. You go, oh my goodness. And then I think about Prophet Kurvis coming to know the Lord and the very next, what was it? The very next week, he was mm. standing with his guitar on the middle maniki in Klagstorf with, mm. with, with tracks in his, in his pocket, singing and giving up that. And praying for people, I think one of his testimonies was he hadn't been saved a week and he prayed for somebody. What was it, in a wheelchair or something? He had this massive... Hey. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, it might have been that too. He told me that uh, he prayed for someone with no eyeballs and the eyeballs popped out. Yeah. So, you hear what I'm saying? We've, yeah. we've, 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 we've put together a program of what God can do with us mm. connected to how we should approach it. And, and I'm not against any of that. I, I realize that we need to train people. I realize that we need to prepare people to go out and do it the right way, mm. but it's become so 
can I use the word institutionalized and so religious that we've packaged it. You, you know, like you pray for a person and he gets saved. Then you, then you, you school him for two weeks and then he gets baptized. I'm just using this as an example. And then you school him for another two weeks and then he goes for the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, or some. You, you cannot find that example in the scriptures. 90% mm. of the time when they prayed for somebody and they received the Lord, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they were baptized. Take the jailer in Paul's case when they were sitting in stocks. And, and the doors of the prison fell off. In that night, they preached, they baptized, and they were filled with the Spirit all in, in one go, you know. Um, mm. and, and I believe that's, you know, that's the kind of thing, as you said, we're in for a huge surprise. We're in for a shock movement of the suddenly of God in this time. And, and, and what's stopping the Spirit from doing that? I mean, He's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that hovered on the waters um, at creation. He's the one that raised Christ from the dead. He'll quicken our mortal bodies. I just think there's a limitation that needs to come off of, of, of God and the Spirit in our time to see something really radical take place and, 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 and witness uh, a quick, uh, suddenly, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for, for sure. I was just thinking about how we, I made a little joke on Facebook today about um, how we pray for God for the rain. And then when the rain comes, we take out our umbrellas. You know, it's like we, we, want, we want God to do, to, we want the Holy Spirit, we, but we don't want him to, to demonstrate anything. You know, it's like every, every, every Christian, every I think it was also Bill Johnson. He said it's impossible for a believer not to have um, an appetite for the impossible, something like that. But I I believe that every every Christian has to desire a move of God. Like I I just can't see that 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 desire can't be in you if you if you believe in the Lord. But but often I've, I've just seen it. When something starts happening, we put our we put our umbrellas out. You know, we put a, a you know, God can move, but uh, I'm not too sure if I like the way He's moving that way. You know, and um, I I just think we need to. Um, we've been singing that song for years. I think we spoke about this last time. You know, let it rain, God, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain. And so awesome, powerful song, and it's got its place. But I just think we I just think we've been we've been singing so much and depending on on God to do something. And I just think he's singing from heaven, let it rain, church, let it rain, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven. He said, Come on, from your innermost being, the rivers have to flow. That we there's so much. We're all waiting. Everybody's waiting for something to happen, and just got to, It's got to take people just to, just to take the initiative, you know, just to step out, you know, and 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 do something, you know, do something. Get get a group of people together, hit the streets, do something. In the in in the church meetings, when the worship is on, man, worship, go go wild and. And worship, expect something. If stuff that's out of the ordinary happening, you celebrate it. You know, like uh, I just think we we just there's just so much, you know, routine and and yeah, we can't expect anything to change if we're if we're not prepared to just to act to do something. I I, I have you watched the movies on um, the Jesus movement? There's an there's an older that that movement where the hippies off the Woodstock. I know, I know came, about the the new movie coming out. I, there's a new one but that's coming out. A, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, yeah there was it. an older one. Okay. There was an older one previously. I haven't seen either, um, but I, I I think Sean has watched the older one, and then there is this new one coming out, and mm. the the challenge was when these young people found Jesus. And they flooded the church with their bare feet, long hair, um, you know, strange kind of dress. That there was 
there was opposition. There was a, you know, um, uh, 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 an anxiousness. Uh, you know, how do we handle this? And I can, I can see that that needs to be stewarded. I, I understand that. But as you say, I'm referring to your umbrella now. You know, how do you want God to do something and then he starts to do it, but he doesn't do it the way you expected it? You know, he doesn't do it according to your, your plan of order. I mean, if you think about uh, Andrew Murray, um, you know, when the Holy Spirit fell in the Enkhia church yeah, in Worcester and Wellington, he went to a hall. I don't know where it was. I just remember that the guys were totally out of it. I think they were drunk in the spirit. They were laughing and they were drunk like in the day. And he stood at the door. And remember, Domini in those days was like, he was like God walking the earth. Everybody feared him. And he screamed, order, order. And he could not bring the meeting to order for all he's trying. And then he realized, but this must be something from God because if, I can't get these people to listen to me. There, there must be something happening here, you know. And, sure. and I, I believe that that kind of visitation is, is imminent, you know. Um, and we need to prepare our people in a sense for it and say, guys, God is about to move on this earth with or without us. And I would rather be with us, you know. Um, yeah. I would rather be part of it. I saw I saw just a piece from the clip that from the, this movie that's come, coming out or is out. And got me thinking, this is the pastor who was um, instrumental in the whole Jesus movement. And I can't remember who's the, the main guy amongst the hippies, the leader, uh, yeah, something yeah. Fisher, or I, I can't remember what his, what his name is. But um, uh, this pastor gets into this, um, it's almost like a cross, crossroads kind of decision making. He, he sees the potential. And he sees the need and he can see the move of God happening amongst the hippies. So he invites him to the church. And so these hippies come to the church. And, and in the church is, is the usuals, probably the people that fund the ministry, that, the, you know, that pay for the ministry. And, and you can just imagine what the vibe is like in this place. Yes, something that God is doing and you know what makes me think you know people are afraid of like immaturity and things like that god it's almost like what you said about the prophet kubis going out on the street one week into his salvation you know like god has got no problem with that the things that that the lord has a problem with is like pride he can he can deal with immaturity. He can deal yeah. with he can deal yeah. with the world coming in and it it's you know it's it's rough. There's all kinds of things going on there, but it is it's real. But the pride and uh, the self righteousness and those are the things that he's like. No, I'm not going to do anything with that. But give me humility. Give me hunger. Um, we can go, we can go far. I mean, I'm not throwing wisdom out of the, out no, of the, we're not the doing narrative yet. But if we really want to experience um, a move of God, it's going to be wild. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be out of the, the, you know, the safe zone. It's going to be scary at times. And the, the, the thing that we need to do is, you know, like get out of that comfort, that place of where we can comfort and maintain a nice, um, maintain a nice reputation, maintain a, a, a good name, take some shots for, for people who are broken, invite them into the meetings, get into the streets, you'll pick up some flack by people, but at the end of the day, God, God will be with us. God will be for you. And then he, he had no problem associating with, with the broken, with the lost. And uh, I just think as... As believers, I think that's that's something that we can we can look at, you know, like making sure that we are making sure that we're good ground for revival, making sure that we're that we're not the in the way, that we're not the the dam. Corbus always used to Come say on. that that, you, that you're on. not the the dam wall preventing the flow. That you're actually um, that you can break and yeah, yeah, get it going. And so when it is out of the out of the ordinary. 
that you don't go and get offended and sit one side and and stop something but like <laughs> and become a become an instrument of it and if it's rough and wild and then yeah and man if god is moving in people's lives are, are being changed and young people yeah yeah about jesus and yeah then that's i think we need to we need to i i i i i know it's got nothing to do with the subject but i get this picture have you ever seen that 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 picture of these young guys on the beach um and there's a there's a river that is behind the sand behind the sand dune type thing and they start a whole bunch of surface and they get their boards and things and they use buckets and frisbees and stuff and they dig a mm. channel mm. for the river to flow oh, back that. into have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I've they start that. a trickle and then it gets it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And after a while, there's this whole river going mm. back into the ocean. Mm. And the motive is that if they can get the river to flow wild enough, they can actually surf a wave that's like flowing back into the ocean. And then they throw their boards in and they actually surf that thing. And while you're talking, I'm actually seeing this breaking open the dam wall and allowing yeah. the flow of the river of the spirit to come in. And then instead of sitting on the side, watching it flow back into the ocean, become part of what's going on. Surf the wave, you know, get in, into the actual flow For of sure. this power and celebrate the, 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 the free flow of it and enjoy that, you know. Um, yeah. and, and we yeah. experienced the teeny weeny tiny little drop of that kind of thing this week and i said lord wow. if this is what's possible i want i want more you know i, I want to see it flow you know yeah and then Amen. as i said to you i've been i've been getting back into the book of acts not enough i, I i'm actually hungry to read the entire book of acts but to take off you know we we read we read it and then we read it as if we're reading it like we've read it the last 20 years. You know, right. we read it through institutionalized religious glasses. Instead of take, I don't, I don't know if I'm making myself, take the glasses off and go back to it and go, mm. I want to read this uh, with the expectancy of seeing this, but in, the, in 2023, you know, mm. the Holy Spirit, um, falling on a group of people and then mm. them going out and 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 that's all the stuff that happened all the threatenings that took place you know mm. and and they just turned around every time they said lord hear their threatenings and 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 give your servants boldness and the room is like shaken and these mm. these guys just go out again and mm. they go out again and they start experiencing the the miracles mm. and stuff that to me was was awesome, you know, mm -hmm. um, and and finding that here comes Paul in chapter nineteen of Acts, and 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 I and I can't remember. I looked it up. I went and did a study. I don't know, twenty four years I, from from the day of Pentecost till Acts nineteen is a whole bunch of years. Let's mm. let's for example say twenty four years later. He walks into a place and his first question to them, the very first question he asks, he says, have you received the that Holy Spirit yeah. since you have believed? The first sure. question Paul is asking still after 24 years, let's say it's 24 years, the question mm. he's still asking is mm. the, the, the blueprint, mm. the methodology that we move by is the Holy Spirit. Come on. We were yeah. told to go and wait. Yeah. The disciples had to wait. He said, mm. wait in the upper room until you receive power. power. When you receive power, you go. And when mm. you go, he goes with you. Come on. And 24 years later, or whatever that time period, I can't remember the amount of years it was. His first question is, did you have receive? Did you receive And then they said, no, we didn't even know there was one. He said, what baptism? Oh, so the question that follows that is, Baptism. Have you been baptized into Christ? Have yeah. you received the power that comes with that baptism? Yeah. 
Have you buried the old man? Have you been raised into the resurrection life that accompanies the, the, the new creation, you know? And mm, then they are baptized. So and then he takes these 12 guys and he starts teaching them the, mm. the, the, the teaching of the apostles. Because if you go back to chapter two, it says they were taught, they were gathered together. They were taught the teaching of the apostles, the, the breaking of bread, the fellowship of the church and powerful prayer. Those are, mm. those are the things they were taught. In, in Acts 19, he says, and they gathered together in the, in, for two or three months, and then they were removed from the, con from the, the synagogue, and they went mm. next door to the school of tyranny. And they're sitting in the school of tyranny, teaching them, and he said, and he taught them of the kingdom of God. Mm. And, and I said, mm. I and, and then out of that, they turned the entire Asia right side up, not on his head. And, mm. and in a short space of, what was it, three years or something, they turned an entire region Come on. Yeah. right side up by the power of the Spirit and the kingdom of God, the power of the Spirit and the kingdom of God. So what did Jesus teach when he came back from the dead? Mm. He, he, mm. And he spent 40 days ministering, mm. proving that he was alive. Mm -hmm. So to me, the resurrection story was the thing the witnesses to the resurrection. What does the resurrection prove to me after Resurrection Sunday? Why did he not just finish it on the cross? What was because sin and death? You've That's received right. the, 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 he, he conquered sin and death. Very he good. He had to conquer both. He, he said, wow. Will you die? Will, what will happen if you eat of this tree? Did God say you will surely die? He said, God will say we will surely die. No, you won't die. You will be like him. He said, by the first man's disobedience and offense, sin entered. And through sin, death. Mm. Jesus had to conquer both sin and the resultant mm. fact of sin. Had to take sin and death out of the way. Mm. And, and so we have this powerful teaching of the apostles, teaching on the kingdom of the risen Christ. Mm. And, and, and they are witnesses to his resurrection. I believe God's about to do something. I'm, I, I, I'm sitting there on fire with you. It's like, whoo, the goosebumps are, are going and we could have good church right now. <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing because my, my head is now running with all kinds of scriptures and like how deep we can go in, in this conversation. Um, yeah. Let's just say amen. <laughs> amen to that. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking we're getting getting to a conclusion and you have to go and open up a, 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 that kind of can. Oh, my goodness. That's so good. Ah, he conquered death. Amen. 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 Um, Uncle Dave, I'm just checking the time now. We've got we got like five minutes, five minutes left. <laughs> so we have to we have to we have to kind of hit a we'll we'll have to do a part two. So <laughs> don't you don't don't you want to just share something with, with the people, give a word, um pray or whatever's on your heart, or just just speak, just speak a blessing or whatever. Um, over over the people that are that are listening, that are online listening to whether it's live or on a later stage, just share something from the Spirit of God. I I think tonight, in the midst of what we've just spoken about, and there's awesome stuff going on, but people are facing stuff. There's a there's a lot of challenges out there, and it's almost as if. Um, and I don't want to give the enemy any honor or, or acknowledgement, but it's almost as if in the midst of what's coming, there is there's resistance. In the mm. midst of what's coming, there's like we, we're facing challenges right now. And I want to just speak a word of encouragement to people and say, irrespective of where you are at right now, and no matter how weak you feel, mm. I want to say two things. One, God will never ever leave you or forsake you. 
Mm. Even though you feel maybe forsaken tonight, even though you feel alone and left and lonely, God will not leave you and he will not forsake you. That's mm. the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say to people is he made a promise. And his promise is the work that I started in you, I will complete it. And the hope of Christianity is that the hope is in Christ. Come on. Amen. The hope, that word there, is a constant expectancy of the goodness of God to come through for me. No matter mm. where I find myself and no matter how great the storm is, and though all natural hope is gone, my, my hope is still in the same. Amen. My Amen. hope is still in a God that said, my intent on the cross was to come and save you. And I don't save once off. I, I am a saving present continuous forever tense, God. I'm saving mm. you right now. And I want you know people to receive that encouragement right now about the salvation that God started in them. He will complete. And he has an intent to use them in this next in this next era, in this next move, in this mm. constancy of God, they are saved. And I know this is a very big cliche for a time such as this. I want to reiterate. Yes, you are. Mm. You are not by accident living in 2023. There are no coincidences with, with God. You are not in Kimberley, in Strand, or anywhere else right now. By coincidence, God has an intent for your life. And you need Amen. to to actually get a hold of that. And 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 out of that, I want to pray for people tonight and say, Amen. thank you, Lord, for, for the ability and the power and the strength and the excitement of this mm. moment. Father, mm. thank you tonight that Bruce and I could have spent this time together on this podcast. Thank you for those who are listening, those who are watching. And, and Father, I pray that that spark of Holy Spirit excitement will ignite somewhere in the midst of every listener, every watcher right now, that yeah. something will be generated like a like mm. a spark to mm. dry, dry wood, and you're about to start a fire, and the, the kindling and the wood are just waiting to burn. They Amen. They, they are so ready to burn. It's mm. they, they are a fire hazard, Lord. Yeah. And thank you for thank the you, spark Lord. of the Holy Spirit right Amen. now that will ignite a fire in them that cannot be put out, that is so volatile of the move of the Spirit right now in Word Church, in Kimberly, in Bruce, in Anya, mm. in the leadership, in what God is doing, Lord. Mm. Let all opposition melt right now like snow being melted by a very vehement sun the heat of the spirit right now fervency of god the prayer of god right mm. now the yes. prayer of the believers right now in their mm. mouths the the uh, the high praises of god in their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hand to take mm. the love of god the the light of god the beauty of what it is to bring a soul to know that they are loved beyond measure and beyond understanding and God has not given up on them and religion taken out of the way and the real the reality and relevance and 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 what God wants to do like two parents going we don't know about going to church but we know our kids need it Lord that is a blatant understanding that God is the answer and God mm. is the, 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 the reality of what their kids re need right now is what they need right now. And Father, I thank you that God's relevance will hit every person we talk to and their arguments and their weak argumentativeness will disappear and they will say, oh my goodness, I need God and God is right here, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Uncle Dave. So, yeah, thank you to everyone who joined in. Just quickly, where can uh, you follow Uncle Dave's ministry? So, check on Facebook and YouTube, Kingdom Life, Kingdom Light uh, Church. Church Strand. 
Um, so check them out. Sean Basson is um, also, uh, I don't know if you're watching Sean, you are, check out their sermons. Um, if you feel the need to sow into the ministry, you can find the details on the page there as well. And uh, yeah, also remember all these, uh, these podcasts will be uploaded on Spotify and Apple Music, I think, YouTube a lot. Make sure you click follow, listen to them, listen to them again, and, uh, and let us know uh, if it blessed you and if you enjoyed it.